You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop, the show that's a little bit of everything with a K-Pop twist. Visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com for more information about the show. That's 17-C-A-R-A-T-K-P-O-P.weebly.com. Enjoy the show! Hello everybody and welcome back to 17 Care K-Pop. Today we have a lot of headlines to catch you up on because the past few episodes have been very subject specific. The past two episodes I've talked about, one was about dreams and psychology and the joy of K-Pop music videos. You'll understand it if you listen to the episode. And the last one was of course my Super M album review and SM Entertainment music video theory connections and all of that. So now it's time to catch you up on the headlines that I didn't have time for in previous episodes. I also have some five yays and five nays to update you on with my takes on some current K-pop issues, and I have to tease a few new releases. So let's just dive into the news. My yay number one this week goes to K-pop social media force, which is on display more than ever before, thanks to Twitter stats celebrating what they call like a 10-year anniversary of K-pop Twitter. And here are some of the most interesting stats Twitter released in honor of this milestone. Top markets in terms of unique voice, meaning the top uh, most, the countries who are tweeting about K-pop the most in terms of each individual account. So, fifth place is the Philippines, fourth place Indonesia, third place South Korea, second place Japan, and first place the USA. Top markets by tweet volume, though, is a bit different. So, that's referring to the amount of tweets, not the number of accounts tweeting about K-pop. Number five is USA, fifth place the Philippines, third place Indonesia, second place South Korea, and first place Thailand. The most mentioned K-pop songs on Twitter in 2020 so far, 10th place, Twice Feel Special, 9th place, Blackpink, How You Like That, 8th place, Got7, Not By The Moon, BTS in 7th place, which is so perfect, for DNA, 6th place, Super M, Jopping, 5th place, BTS, Shadow, 4th place, BTS, Black Swan, 3rd place, BTS, Boy With Love, 2nd place, BTS, On, and 1st place, EXO with Obsession, which came out late 2019. So it makes sense. It's one of the most tweeted about in 2020 so far. It had the most time to generate that buzz. The most mentioned K-pop artists in 2020 so far, 10th place Stray Kids, 9th place Twice, 8th place NCT Dream. Side note, this that's why the NCT strategy is extra smart because your band can take over the whole chart. Soon there will be so many NCT subunits that 1 through 10 will just be different versions of saying NCT. 7th place is 17, 6th place Monster X, 5th place NCT 127, 4th place Blackpink, 3rd place GOT7, 2nd place XO, and number 1 is BTS. The growth of the conversation has been so exponential since 2017. It's really, looking at the chart is really interesting. I can post this to my website soon for more information, but the chart really shows an incredible spike in the amount of tweets starting from 2017 and then going up again every year. And so 
That I found really interesting because remember BTS's DNA, that song came out in 2017 and that seemed to be their breakout year because the year that DNA came out was when they released that album that even featured their AMA acceptance speech in the album and stuff. It was a year where they were clearly making waves and celebrating being recognized more than ever in the USA and so that was such a breakthrough year for them globally. So that is when suddenly after BTS's breakthrough here in the USA, they suddenly K-pop was being buzzed about a lot more. So I really do think they helped trigger those conversations. That correlation wasn't specifically drawn by Twitter through these stats, but that's what I'm inferring from it. And also it's wild, but yet at the same time not surprising that 6.1 billion K-pop tweets in just the past year have been made. It is such a cultural force, and that's why I give it a huge thumbs up. It's very cool. If you want to understand the power of a fandom and how fandoms cannot be underestimated, look at K-pop Twitter. Nay number one, though, for me, goes to anyone who thinks this is a trend and not just here to stay. So let's start by... I have to call out Katy Perry for this, and it's really something that a lot of other artists have said and done too, so it's not really about Katy, it's more about others, but what she said lately I take issue with. She basically, she was asked in a virtual interview promoting her new album if she would ever want to work with Blackpink or another K-pop artist. Now, first of all, I was already predisposed to be biased against her answer, so full disclosure there, I'm not impartial, just because I get so tired of the collab question, because it doesn't do much. It's like, I mean, I would so much rather, if I have such a limited amount of time with an artist, I want to make sure I get in my most pressing questions about the meaning of their work. And so I don't have time to ask a collab question, frankly. I don't really care compared to, I just want to know about their work. I don't really, you know, that's just me. But anyway, so they asked the collab question that they seem to ask everyone. And she said, quote, I don't want to be part of a trend. I want to be part of a movement. She did say if the song was great, she'd be down to work with them. It's not like she was hostile about them. But it was an odd choice of words, and I just want to remind people, K-pop's not a trend. That's why I was bugged when K-pop was referenced in that YouTube Rewind one year, because that YouTube Rewind is meant to be like a capsule, a time capsule for that year, so that later you can be like, remember that year when we were all playing with this toy or wearing that outfit or whatever? We will not say remember that year when we all listened to K-pop. That's not wasn't a one-year thing. So it's weird to describe it like a trend. It's on the rise and then here to stay. We're not putting the genie back in the bottle here. Every, once you've discovered this incredible world of music, how can you suddenly go away from it? It's here to stay. So that I don't like. But also it's a weird way to say it. I don't want to be part of a trend. I want to be part of a movement. Uh, it's just a weird way to put not wanting to be with uh, collaborating with k-pop stars and don't get me wrong i may just be too nitpicky over this and it may mean nothing but i'm just i i don't know what i want i guess because there are artists uh, i will not name names but if you if you're a very long time listener of my show you know um, that there are certain collabs with western artists that clearly were phoned in clearly were just to help the 
K-pop artist on the USA charts, or were just felt very inauthentic and unnecessary. And those collabs do bug me when it is when they are the artists do jump onto the song as if it is like a trend to be a part of it. And so that I get. I don't want that bandwagon approach. If she doesn't feel like that song speaks to her, then don't do the collab. I appreciate that mentality here. But at the same time, it's just a, an odd way to put it as not wanting to be a part of it because then you'll be like a sellout. I don't know. But it also is kind of like you're being a sellout if you do it inauthentically. So I don't know what I want here. It, it, this interview topic just bugged me. And so that is my nay number one for the day. Yay number two goes to IU's 12-year anniversary. She continues to thrive in the music scene after all this time, which I'm very happy for. She had a special concert event to celebrate her 12-year anniversary. It included 13 songs, and it was 100 minutes long, and she also really, or performed some songs live for the first time, including a previously unreleased song. So she's basically giving fans gifts on her anniversary day. She also continued to do that for just the community. As always, she made a huge donation of 100 million won to charities, two big ones. 50 million won went to Love Snail, and 50 million won went to the Korean Unwed Mothers Families Foundation. Both donations she made, not just under her name, but under her fandom name. So it's kind of like the fans helped donate too, which is really sweet. So she really has just been giving back to celebrate and Remain so humble after 12 years, which is very impressive to see. My nay number two has to do with, well, I just put this as a nay for a petty reason and because I needed a fifth nay, frankly, but um, my nay, I'll just say, is the design of the new YG Entertainment building. The, every the detail about it I really like, except just the look of it on from the outside. I'm just not a fan of it. It's not architecturally aesthetic to me but that's very petty compared to all the good that this building has this new yg entertainment building has 14 floors it's been eight years in, in the making this big process yet it's just right across the street from their old headquarters but it's 14 floors includes a, an auditorium in there a basement rec zone 30 recording studios seven dance practice studios it's really elaborate and impressive what it has in it and also the best part i think is that they can they converted the building across the street that was their old headquarters they converted the first floor of that building into what will be a fan zone so that when fans line up to see their artists at music shows and whatnot in the future, they won't just be all lined up on the street. They will be in the fan zone to talk with each other and get out of the weather. And it's just, I think that's really a really nice thing to do. And it's really helps foster that sense of community that fans get when they get together at in-person events and have that hangout spot to share photo cards or to just talk about their bias or dance to along to songs. It's really just a cool gathering place they've created. So very excited to see what the inside of that looks like. Yay, number three goes to Island. The season finale we haven't even talked about yet. It happened quite a while ago by this point, but I do want to talk about it. BTS was on the finale, so first of all, I was bound to enjoy watching. But second of all, I like the nine members that debuted in the group, and I honestly wasn't sold on the name at first, but now I kind of like it. It's N-hyphen. I believe that's how they say it. It's it's written like N-hyphen, but I believe it's meant to be N-hyphen based on the meaning, and so that's why I like it. I didn't like it just 
upon hearing it, but hearing Mr. Bing explain the meaning of it, I grew to respect because that's what I've always admired so much about Mr. Bane is how he really puts so much care and thought into the layers of meaning he can put into every detail of his artist's work and what he can what messages he can send even in the little things with his with the bands he helps foster so with this group their name meaning he broke down as well n e n meaning in and then hype afterwards so you know in hype is the concept there also, hyphens are used to connect separate worlds, to, separate words together, and this band is intended to connect people from other parts of the world together. He wants this group to connect generations of fans together and people from around the world. So it's a really great term for a group that wants to just unite, unite fans from everywhere. He said this group is meant to embody three traits, connection, discovery, and growth, which all sound exactly like the kind of stuff that Big Hand Entertainment was founded on, which I really respect. Nay number three goes to a company I also really respect, but my nay goes to the situation. So Luna's company we talked about before on the show has this lawsuit because of failing to pay back an investor for a loan. This investor who goes by the name Donuts, this brand Donuts, gave them a loan to film a music video and apparently they didn't pay back in time. And so they not only owe them 3.5 billion won, but more money plus late fees, court fees, things like that. And so all these previously unpaid fees from Elise, the court has ruled against them, so they still do have to pay that back. The verdict wasn't actually upheld due to a lack of proving a a persuasive counter-argument. It was just because Luna's rep apparently didn't show up more than twice for a hearing, so then by default the other side won the case, so that's an odd situation. But luckily it sounds like, according to Blackberry Creative's statement, that this will not affect the timing or circumstances of Luna's comeback at all. So I think that has to do with the fact that there's a distinction between Polaris and Blackberry. So Polaris is the parent company for BlackBerry Creative, which is a subsidiary. And Luna is under, obviously, the influence of both then. But primarily, BlackBerry is who focuses on managing Luna. So Polaris's lawsuit doesn't necessarily affect Luna as directly as you might think. So I think that's why it's not actually going to affect them compared to, like, if it were a BlackBerry Creative-specific lawsuit, but it's not. It's for Polaris, the parent company. So luckily, it sounds like they're still doing quite well. So in their part of K-Contact, so that's great. Yay number four for me goes to NCT and Super M, all of they've been up to lately, all the content we've been getting from them lately, just so much, from the Mtopia reality show to the new album to the teaser pictures to Taeyeon's new YouTube communication series thing. So exciting. Nay number four, though, for me goes to the latest from Super M and Marvel and the collab. And don't get me wrong, I do love this collab and it was bound to happen. The Super M meets Marvel collab of merch. But I wanted a little, I know more is planned to be announced. But the thing is, they said, you know, stay tuned for a special Super M meets Marvel announcement. So I got very hyped up for that, wondering what could it be a comic book, an animated short, something like a digital, I don't know, comic book themed fan sign, I don't know, something like what else could it be besides merch? But no, it was just merch. And so the build up fell flat to me and then I was like, what? That was, that was the whole announcement? So 
I get they said that more Marvel-related things, more will come of this partnership and more will be announced in the future, but as of recording time, all that's been announced so far is the merch, and so I'm left feeling like, really? Is the, isn't there more? I just feel like they shouldn't have hyped it up yet. I, I would have rather they waited and announced everything Marvel related to the Marvel collab at once as opposed to announcing the merch and then waiting to announce the rest especially because that would have been smart marketing wise because now everyone's chatting about the new Super M album so if they just waited and then once conversation was dying down a bit more and people were talking about the Super M album less then they could revive the conversation by saying here's the new Super M Marvel collab that would have been smarter I think but I don't know that's just my thought so my nay goes to this news just because it's not, in, it's not enough to satisfy me, I guess. I don't know. My yay number five goes to all of the BTS content we're getting lately. It is so, so much. I could probably do a whole other episode, but I won't. I'll go through this as quick as I can. But there's so many new updates that BTS have been giving us lately. So much content. So in addition to more Dynamite remixes and new music video versions, we also have their week. This is BTS week on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, so we're getting a lot of content with that. BTS also performed at America's Got Talents show, one of their last shows of the season, in this really cute theme park setting, which was very fun and a great escape to watch. They also performed the iHeartRadio digital version of the festival. They performed in Fortnite. They also performed as part of NPR's Tiny Desk series. And the Tiny Desk series was great because... First of all, their outfits were everything. Second of all, they sang Spring Day, Save Me, and Dynamite, which was just a great combination. And lastly, it really spurred donations to public radio. That's the power of anything BTS does. The ARMY donated so much money to public radio and were inspired to do so after they did this NPR-affiliated event that NPR's YouTube subscriptions increased by 10% within five days of this video coming out. And also this Tiny Desk video currently, as of recording time, has over 12 million views. So really exciting and important to support public radio, which has been waning lately in terms of donations and enthusiasm. So very excited that BTS are helping bring attention to that. BTS is also providing, just in general, comfort with comfort through their music and their quotes. They have this new thing through the Weavers app where there's like a Weavers magazine with lawn reads about them. So one is called Behind the Success of Dynamite, so that's more about the songs themselves, and the other seems to be just more emotional and personal, like a diary entry almost. That one's called BTS and ARMY We Walk Together. Some key quotes from that part of this Weavers magazine issue I want to share. One is, it is time for faith rather than anxiety, console rather than rage. We, BTS, as citizens of the Republic of Korea and as world citizens, will also go through this together with you all. They also said, quote, With the courage and willpower to overcome any differences together, any difficulties together, that would be the power of connection by which we could overcome these times. They are constantly talking about getting through tough times together, and that message is more relevant than ever before. They also said something that really struck me from a new interview posted to the Recording Academy's website, where Yoongi was talking about why he talks about his personal mental health struggles in music, and it just really struck me how he, how he described really 
well, I figured, why not me? If not me, who? And this, I see the generation struggles. I see that it's hard, the younger generations these days. There's a lot in this world that's scary to grow up in, and it's really challenging. There's a lot of hurdles and expectations, and it's a lot of pressure and uncertainty about the future. And so if no one's saying, admitting that things are bad, then why not I do it and open up about that? And so the way he put it, I really appreciate, which is true what he does through his music. He's always been honest in that way. More words of comfort came from their UN speech. They were invited back for a general assembly speech at the 75th of its kind. And I love that Namjoon's words were kind of a follow-up to his previous UN speech in the the metaphors he used, which he followed up in, like when he talked about looking at the sky and not, or no longer wanting to look at the sky. And then during this speech, he talked about wanting to look up at the sky and seeing stars or being okay on the nights when you don't see stars, all metaphorically. Really, really smart of him. And also, I don't know if this was intentional, but did anyone else notice that that speech was around seven minutes? At least some clips uploaded of it were. Seven, the number seven, that was smart if that was intentional. I really like this quote that I want to share. BTS will be there for you. Our tomorrow may be dark, painful, difficult. We might stumble or fall down. Stars shine brightest when the night is darkest. If the stars are hidden, we'll let the moonlight guide us. If even the moon is dark, let our faces be the light that helps us find our way. Let's reimagine our world. We're huddled together tired, but let's dream again. Dream about a future where our worlds can break out of our small rooms again. I just love that they keep reminding us that they are going through this tough time too and they're there with us. They also shared similar words in a letter they wrote exclusively for Vogue magazine with more quotes that I just really want to share because they comforted me as BTS's words always do and I think you can appreciate them and be comforted by them as well. Quote, We all grew up with stories. Sometimes they are fairy tales read to us as we are tucked into bed, coaxed into our blankets with the promise of magic or victorious heroes overcoming difficulties with remarkable resilience and strength. At other times, they are stories in the media, movies and sitcoms, news articles, or the latest release from our favorite artists. These stories are voices we hear day to day as we grow up, instilling values within us and shaping the way we see the world. The world isn't too perfect right now. Times are hard and fast-changing. We, too, have struggled in the hardships of this year and have had to abandon our plans. We share with the world those feelings of disappointment, loss, and void. We understand the difficulties, even if we cannot fathom their depth. Regardless, we stand with you. We grew to become so much more than we had hoped. And as more and more people sing and dance to our music, we grow not only more thankful, but also more aware that there are so many people out there who are influenced and inspired by our words and messages. We, BTS, are just seven young men growing and learning like everyone else in this world, but we wish to tell you, hope is everywhere. Keep going. As seven individual members, stories have made our world. Now, as a group of seven, we tell our stories to the world as a message of comfort and hope, and we hope this message reaches you well. Really, really touching words. I also love the fact that my name is Hope, because every time they say it, I get excited. They also gave a speech at National Youth Day this year, which is an inaugural event in South Korea. They put together messages at the event, which were put into a box that will be opened in 19 years from now. So sorry for everyone who's impatient, but we're going to have to wait 19 years to find out what they put in there. 19 is the year that symbols the start of adulthood in South Korea, by the way. 
So, so many touching words and speeches they've been giving lately, and we're getting even more encouragement from them very soon because they are releasing what they describe themselves as their most BTS-esque album yet. The making of this is behind is basically embodying the meaning, quote, even in the face of this new normality, our life goes on, and this is all describing their new album, which will be out November 20th, and it's called B. I'm very, very excited. It's BBE, and that is just sounds like a perfect name for a BTS album. It's because it's can be you, you know, be yourself, be whatever you want to be. It just feels like that was perfectly named for them, and they really found a way to turn the sorrows of this time period into something comforting and creative and productive. So I'm so excited for this new release, and especially because my bias, Jimin, is the project manager for the first time. Let's not forget that. My last nay goes to Jessica from Girls' Generation's book release being pushed back. It sounds like it was only going to be pushed back a week, but that's odd because if they're reprinting stuff, that seems very like a very short amount of time to do that. But they have to reprint copies now because there was a lot of confusion as to if this book was inspired by her time in Girls' Generation or if it was more just fictional if it was fictional versus like an actual autobiography so it actually did was actually titled an autobiographical novel on the book but then now they're reprinting it to say it's recreated fiction and so the marketing for this just gets a thumbs down from me i just was confused it was weird because it didn't help hype up the book if you didn't know what you were hyping up so it was categorized oddly it was not clear how much was fiction and now they're pretty open about that it's just based on her life and not really rooted in non-fiction characters and so that may shape how much people are interested in reading about it i don't know how but that's it'll be interesting how it's received and so, but do get excited though, because I do think it will be worth the wait. She's already working on a sequel called Bright, and Shine, the first book that's coming out, will be made into a movie uh, from the producers of To All the Boys I've Loved Before. So, it will be worth the wait. I'm just, uh, the marketing was not ideal, I don't think, for it. So, so quick summary, my thumbs up go to all of the Twitter buzz that K-pop has generated and the power of K-pop fandom that is on full display lately. My yay number two was IU's 12-year career anniversary celebration. Yay number three, Island season finale and the new boy group that came out of it. Yay number four, everything new lately from Super M and NCT. And yay number five is all of the BTS comments and content and quotes, everything they've been giving us lately that just makes, makes 2020 easier to handle. And my nays go to Katy Perry calling K-pop a trend, the design of YG Entertainment's new building, Luna's company losing their lawsuit, the Super M Marvel merch announcement without anything else being announced, and lastly, Jessica's book publishing fiasco. So that is the roundup with my takes. But now, just a quicker overview of some more headlines in the world of K-pop is coming after the break. Your reading recommendation of the day is to please read this piece from Scientific American on their website. It's called How to Unlearn Racism, and it's very eye-opening and important. Please go read that. There's also an audio version. It's been a little while since my last rapid-fire headline roundup about what's going on in the world of K-pop, so there's a lot to get to. Let's just run through the list. Jacef from CARD is officially enlisting in the military October 5th. 
But in better news, we get to see Key back home very soon. Key is being discharged early. October 7th, he will not return to the base after his vacation that he is currently on ends, and so he'll officially be discharged on the 7th. Also on the 7th, being discharged early is Jinwoon from 2AM. Side note for J-pop stands like myself, get excited because we'll see a lot more of Miku soon. She has been appointed by the Japanese government as the coronavirus countermeasure spokesperson in the office of the Japanese government's cabinet secretariat. A long title to basically say she is the new face of an ad campaign for coronavirus countermeasures. Basically, she'll be promoting through social media PSAs and the like, mask wearing, social distancing, etc., She'll hold this position through March of 2021, and more details about this deal will be announced soon. The Mamas this year will be held online. BTS was confirmed to make an appearance before they moved to online, so I don't know if that still holds up, but I sure hope so. That will be December 6th, and the event was set to be held in Korea for the first time in 11 years. I hope some of it is filmed there. That is a big historic deal, so hopefully that happens the FACT Music Awards are still going on this year, but they will be entirely online as well. Sometime in December, date to be announced as a recording time. As for award shows in the USA, the Billboard Music Award nominees are out. Also make sure to mark your calendars. This ceremony will be October 14th on NBC and will be, of course, virtual. The BBMA nominees for Top Social Artists this year include Billie Eilish, Ariana Grande, EXO, GOT7, and BTS. And BTS is the only K-pop group listed under the top group slash duo category. They are facing against Maroon 5, Dan and Shay, the Jonas Brothers, and Panic at the Disco. In Brazil, Blackpink and Lady Gaga's Sour Candy collab won for Best International Feature at the MTV Brazil Awards show, the MIAWs. Speaking of Blackpink, mark your calendars because October 2nd at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, they will be on E! News' Daily Pop Show. There are also tons of other press events they're going to do, including a live countdown on YouTube before the video release for Lovesick Girl, so get excited. A lot of Blackpink content is coming very soon. More exciting news is probably also on the way for CL. She just launched a Weavers channel, so I feel like she's teasing even more uh, ready to tease even more content through even more channels, so just I feel like we need to buckle up for a new EP or something big. B.I. from Icon was just appointed executive director of IOK Company. The Brand of the Year awards were just held. There were so many winners from IU to BTS to Cravity to AB6. Rookies and seniors in the industry alike were awarded at the Brand Awards this year. The K-Culture Festival's Global Hollywood Ambassadors for 2020 are officially Red Velvet and Super Junior. BTS was set to have an online concert that with some offline socially distanced components in October, but now it's officially going to be online only. Mina from AOA, she is taking a break from the spotlight. She terminated her contract with Worry Actors after just three months with them. A Burning Sun scandal update, the appeals were denied, so the prison sentences remain for Jun Yun for five years in prison and Jean Hoon for 2.5 years in prison. So he'll spend two and a half years there, the other will spend five years. They tried to lessen their sentences, but that was denied to them. 
Also, Monster X is hosting a YouTube series, which will have at least eight episodes. It's called Korean Heritage Travelogue, and it will feature them basically giving you a virtual, a virtual tour through South Korea with some cultural experts. Some big view count milestones that we need to celebrate. Cards video for Gunshot has 10 million views. Entering the 20 million views club is when we disco by Sunmi and JY Park. 50 million views club entry goes to Stray Kids for Backdoor. 100 million views for Itzy's Not Shy video, which is actually their fastest video to reach that milestone. 200 million views Pentagon's Shine. 200 million streams Blackpink's How You Like That. 300 million views Blackpink's How You Like That Dance Practice video. 400 million views BTS for Dynamite. And by the way, that song also got 200 million Spotify streams recently. 550 million views for Blackpink's How You Like That, which is also now the most liked video from any female artist on YouTube with over 16.5 million likes. And 750 million views on both Mic Drop and Idol, both by BTS. Also, congrats to BTS, who rose back to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Dynamite. They are also now the first act to simultaneously top both of those new Billboard charts we talked about before, the Global 200, excluding Lua excluding the U.S. and the other Global 200 chart. Treasure's latest single album topped the iTunes charts in at least nine different regions of the world. Stray Kids in Life sold over 233,000 copies in its first week. The boys' new mini-album Chase reached number one on iTunes in at least nine countries. And Hyphen is already getting a lot of buzz, even though they haven't really debuted with music yet. But their debut live stream got over a million views, so the hype is already there, given the name that is perfect. NCT127 just reached 4 million Twitter followers. Got 7 won 2 awards at the Line PCAs in Thailand, including Artist of the Year. And congrats to Seventeen, who just passed 1 billion streams on Spotify. Probably 900,000 of those were me, but still, congrats. And also they topped the United Worlds charts with 24 hours. Some more 17 updates. There are a lot lately, actually, so here's what to add to your viewing list. One is their appearance on the Idol Quiz Show that was recently uploaded to KBS World's YouTube channel. Other thing is, of course, more going 17 episodes. Then there's the Seoul How You Staycation series. It's on the Visit Seoul YouTube channel. Episode 1 focuses on food and cooking. Episode 2 is about drama and style. Episode 3 is culture and tradition. And episode 4 is K-pop and dancing. So all aspects of Korean culture. You can take like a virtual vacation by watching that Visit Seoul series of videos starring Seventeen. Also, Warner Music Korea recently posted on their YouTube channel a virtual interview where Pink Sweats talked to Joshua and DK from Seventeen about their new collab, so make sure you check that out. Also, Woozy just joined in a celebrity charity flea market where he donated his autographed jumpsuit that he wore during the Snapshoot promotions when they were promoting that B-side. That jumpsuit was sold for charity. And lastly, in terms of 17 news, let's talk about Soon Guan's Go OST really quick. So, first of all, there are a few moments in that song that feel like the lyrics were a little wink to 17 songs and lyrics. And I don't know if it's intentional. I'm known for overanalyzing lyrics and connections, but I'm just saying. 
Some of the lyrics include homely. I found a dream the homely way. Uh, I walk for a long time. That's how much closer I get. Getting closer. Come back to me and challenge me again my way. Any place is meant to be a stage for you. Well, that one's just cute. That one's not a reference. But I like that lyric a lot. I also like uh, whatever you feel, it's going to be okay. And another lyric is I remember you who waited for today. It's just really sentimental and sweet and emotional and a mix of maybe potential hidden references to 17 songs with just Sungguan's great vocals. So I really like that song, especially playing it back-to-back with Joshua and DK's new song with Pink Sweats. That is a very soothing combination of songs. So, more things to mark your calendar for in October. Aside from, of course, the 17 comeback and NCT 2020 and all of that. But in terms of online concerts, here is what you need to know for your calendar. October 4th, VAV will have their online concert, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. ACE will have their online concert October 11th at 1 p.m. Korean Time. The Joy Angel concert, which is a very cute name for a concert, includes The Boys, NCS, and Very Very. That will be October 19th at midnight Korean Time. Luna, through My Music Taste, will have their show at midnight Korean Time October 20th. ATs has their two-year anniversary online show October 24th, 3 p.m. Korean time. 7 o'clock will have their show 10 p.m. Eastern time October 30th. That is one with Studio PAV where you can pay $25 for a general ticket or $100 for a VIP autograph. And this time they're offering a sing-along feature. I'm not sure what that means, but that is an option with your autograph as a VIP benefit. You could also get a VVIP ticket for $150 for a one-on-one fan sign and Zoom session event with your favorite. November 20th, Ravi will have an online show 10 p.m. Eastern Time. October 30th, Epic High has an online show that sounds like it's going to be Halloween-themed. And lastly, K-Contact, a.k.a. Virtual K-Con, is coming back, and the lineup is so jam-packed. AT's Dreamcatcher, Woods, it's so many more. Luna, of course, Park Jaehoon, Ace, Everglow, The Boys, On and Off, Sun Me, Card, I could go on and on, but it's really jam-packed this time, even more probably than last time. So make sure you tune in for that. And also remember when you do tune in for that, you're not just financially supporting the staff that helps pull off that event and also want to, you know, work on work on live shows when those gigs are, the money's dried up from those gigs these days. But also your money is helping because some of the proceeds are going towards the Learning Never Stops campaign which is helping underprivileged families and kids who need help with the online learning or other educational tools during this pandemic, you're helping them get through that. So just remember that's where your money is going. So it's a very reasonably priced $20 experience for this 10-day event. Also, you could get the $25 experience. That's K-Contact Plus. That's a new option this time. But it sounds like the only real difference is that you get more camera angles and you get a replay playback video on demand option. Otherwise, with the regular K Contact ticket, you only get that one time viewing, but then you can replay if you get the other viewing. That's those sound like the only differences to me. So keep all of that in mind as you decide what option you want. Also, 
There are some other unique ways going on to the Quarantune segment of this show where we talk about the new ways artists are finding to promote their work and music and interact with fans. The latest new ways they are doing that that I want to talk about. One is through what Bad Bunny did, which I found very exciting. He performed on a moving bus in the Bronx, and I feel like that was a really fun, smart way to just get people excited. It was a fun impromptu performance. As And as the bus rode down the streets, fans got to follow along, and of course they were filming it and running alongside the bus. It could have been a really hectic crowd outside, but it looks like everyone kept their distance and it wasn't too hectic. So if those are impromptu and fans don't suddenly show up in swarms because you prepare them in advance about for your arrival, I think that's a cool option to promote your work. And it got, definitely made those fans day, I'm sure, so I wanted to highlight that. Also... Ava Max had probably one of the best socially distanced new online concert events through Roblox. And honestly, go on Twitter or any other social media app and watch people's clips and, and, and screenshots from this event because it sounds like the most hilarious hot mess. And I say that with love. It sounds like it was so fun to watch. And just even just watching other people's content from it, Oh my gosh, I, w- I want more stars now to go into Roblox. Not any other app, like Roblox, I think is my new favorite for in-person games because it seems like it really was wild. And I hope Ava took it lightly and was laughing along with them and didn't feel like they were laughing at her. I hope she laughed with them because it really was wild how it turned out where all of the Roblox characters were like jumping on each other and some were like standing on her head at points and it was very weird. And at one point she fell into the lava. It was really quite a mess, but it was really fun to watch. And it still, you know, promoted the album as because the album she performed in the game and it's a great album. So just, just saying, you know, it was, it, I think it was a success and I hope more artists do that. Lastly, we've talked about this a lot before in the One Home I Got episode of the show, but I want to continue to highlight it because I find it a really unique new way that artists and fans are connecting and how their bond is changing over time, which is just extra enhanced due to the pandemic, causing artists to turn more and more and more to digital ways to connect with fans often. And so I find it so interesting how there's more and more reciprocation every every day, it seems, between fans and their idols. So there constantly is that feedback loop, whether it's a celebrity actually taking fans' fan art and turning it into real merch or album covers, or it's getting fan song requests through Instagram Live. Whatever it is, they're being more and more receptive to what fans want, and I find that really interesting. And so a, the, a very unique, smart way that's happening lately is with campaigns for art designs. The latest two examples are Ava Max with PixArt and Lil Nas X with Adobe Creative Cloud. His contest actually has a 10k cash prize, so that just a PSA about that. But it's a cool way because those art contests are really smart marketing-wise now. First of all, because they help fans show off their art, and the more you allow fans to invest time and energy into thinking about an artist and promoting their work, the, the more they're likely to be a longer-term fan because they feel like their efforts have been validated and recognized and appreciated and they can get more, you know, moral support and praise from other fans. They feel very more included in the fandom and just strengthens that sense of it being part of their identity to be a fan if they're spending their days doing things like making this fan art for their favorite. And so it's just smart in terms of holding on to fans 
But second of all, it's great for the artists. So I hope more independent artists go this route and get those same brand opportunities because this is helping with promote. Like I'm sure Adobe Creative Cloud is paying Lil Nas X a lot for this promo. Pixar is paying Ava probably a lot for this promo. So I hope that those brand partnerships when they do digital events are really helping artists who most of their money would come from touring and that is not feasible right now. So I hope this is providing an extra good source of income for them. So it seems like a win-win situation that I want to keep highlighting and discussing in future episodes of this show. Three quick updates before I leave you for the day. First of all, I'm very, very excited and honored to announce that I got to conduct my first big full-length K-pop group interview with 7 o'clock, so make sure you check that out. It is on the website now in Korean and English for you to read in full. Go to 17karatkpop.weebly.com for that. Just click more, and then the drop-down menu will show blogs. Click on the blog option, and then you may also have another drop-down menu that says posts. But it should be one of the latest posts. The other latest one is my new newsletter. So every Friday, if you subscribe to that, you will get music recommendations, more further reading and references and sources from discussion topics during the the past few episodes, summaries of the episodes you may have missed, get caught up, and just get more bonus content through that newsletter every Friday now. So my latest newsletter might be the, the latest blog post, but right below that should be my 7 o'clock interview. And please do spread and share that if you can. I really am proud of it and it's just a start for me, and I just I have a lot of big dreams for the show. I hope my passion is being put to good use. Some days it feels like I'm just talking into an empty mic, and or an empty room with a mic. And so I just want to, I I appreciate any reading and reassurance that people are listening and that I'm doing a good job. And I just want to put my passion to good use and feel like I'm a. I'm doing justice by these artists that I try to talk about, so I am excited to promote that group specifically, but also in general, this interviewing means a lot to me. It's helping me build up some credibility and just help expand the brand, and I just really appreciate every stream of the show and every share of something on my blog because it continues to help me just grow my legitimacy as trying to I just dream of big things for the, me in the world of K-pop podcasting, so the, okay, rant over, but just it means a lot to me. Second big announcement is similarly sappy where it would just mean a lot to me if you shared my latest episode of this show. Not this one I'm talking about, the one called The Empire Strikes Back, which I released earlier this week because that episode I worked really hard on and I think I do a great job articulating better than ever my theories about NCT and Super M's music video worlds, my theories about them. Also, I think it is not just a great way to prepare yourselves for NCT 2020 and dissect those teasers and understand the symbolism and the Easter eggs from past videos and all of that, but it is just a great way to promote the group if you share that episode, and I'm just such a hardcore N-Citizen and Super M fan, and I just want to show that off and again feel like it's a validated effort and that people appreciate my analysis and everything and I'm just very happy to be giving so much promo to NCT and Super M because I think they deserve it. So if you want to join me in getting excited for the comeback and hyping it up and in general also to just 
sharing the blood, sweat, and tears I've put into that episode and those theories and all of that. Just, it, I appreciate the payoff for my invo- emotional investment in all of this. All right, second setup you rant over. Third thing that I will save my excitement for after I turn off the mic for is just keep in mind that there is a rumor, as of recording time, it is not confirmed, but there is a rumor that 17's comeback for October will be in week three. So the third week of October, keep your eyes peeled for on that week because that may be when 17 comes back, and I really hope it is, but that means we have less than a month to mentally prepare. So please know that and be aware of that and get ready. I am really so excited for that comeback, of course. So lots more to say about that next month. All right, that is it for today. Thank you for listening, and I will see you for a new episode of How to Stand on Sunday and more 17 Kara K-pop next week.